why is there such an issue with big, large charitable organizations? Why can I not see where my $100 goes? As time went on, we realized that it's actually a really big hurdle that these big charitable organizations face is that it takes years for them to distribute those funds. And in times of crisis, people just don't have years. People need help and they need it now. Hello, I'm Jordana Borenstein and welcome to That's So Meta, a podcast where we will explore all things related to Web3, NFTs, cryptocurrency and the metaverse. Well, metaverses, actually. The goal is to be a bridge between the world we currently live in and this dynamic, fast-paced and fabulous world that's emerging and being created every single day. Through fun interviews with awesome guests and experts, we'll take complex ideas and simplify them in a super light-hearted way. We'll learn together, laugh together, and get far more savvy about everything related to Web3 so that we all feel confident taking a giant step into this wild new world as one. Please note, the discussion and information in this podcast is not financial advice. I repeat, it is not financial advice. It is for entertainment and education purposes only. Joining me today are the founders of the amazing Australian NFT project, Arcadians. Caitlin Judd and Luke Bashara created this incredible NFT for good initiative after the east coast of Australia was hit with severe and damaging floods. The money raised through this NFT project is donated towards Aussies in need in order to help them recover and rebuild in local community areas. Lovely to have you guys on and welcome. Thank, Thank you, for, you having for having us. I want to start off with a question that I love, which is super simple and a lot of fun. If you had to explain an NFT to a five-year-old, how would you do it? And can you use My Little Pony as an analogy? All right. If My Little Pony was a PlayStation game and you were playing that PlayStation game and inside My Little Pony, you could buy items inside a shop. Because My Little Pony had powers, they could do certain things. So if you were to be in a shop, you could buy items inside that shop. Whatever you buy inside that game for your pony is not owned by you, it's owned by the game itself. So if your My Little Pony was an NFT, you can take your My Little Pony out of the My Little Pony game and you can take your pony and put it in another game with the same special powers that you brought from that My Little Pony game. <laughs> Very good. I love how you cased yeah. it in the PlayStation. Very good. That's the best Bravo. Way well done. Well done for the kickoff. <laughs> so you guys are the founders of the Arcadians, which is a project created to support flood-affected Aussies in northern New South Wales and across the East Coast. How on earth did this come about? Which is amazing, by the way. Definitely Luke was the kind of catalyst to put us into the Web3 and NFT space. We were not far off having our second little baby. So when Luke started showing me these pictures and he was on his phone all the time talking to people, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm in Discord. I was like, what's Discord? He's like, I'm just talking to people. I was like, who are you talking to? Like, what? I was in a totally different space getting ready to immerse myself back into newborn life and it was just not looking for anything, I guess. But he was definitely intrigued and definitely interested. We had some friends that we could see, like our accountant was like posting some NFTs and a really close friend of ours was into it as well. Um, and in the process of he really launched that he was releasing a collection, it just kept popping up. So it's kind of like that red Toyota theory, like you see that one red Toyota and yeah. then all of a sudden you see it everywhere. And it, it kind of was like that. We saw it pop up once and Luke was sort of into it and it just kept popping up for us. 
So then after we had our little girl, Flo, who's just turned one, so you've been kind of in the space for mm. about a year now, I guess. Which is actually equivalent <laughs> to like years. a yeah. decade. <laughs> In other timing in a parallel universe, (laughs) yep. And both of us, our backgrounds are in the fitness industry. We have no previous experience in digital marketing or digital tech or developing or art or anything. We were so new, so green, so fresh. We've definitely missed out on opportunities in the past. There was definitely a massive big wave in the fitness industry a little while ago and we both had opportunities to jump in on that wave and we didn't and so we sort of saw a lot of people that we knew close to us sort of make it and then there were other things that came up as well over time and we just never really went all in on something but this felt different. The narrative that everyone was talking about was this is the revolution of our digital future and to us it was this sounds really exciting and I guess we could see how things are changing and it has to change and it has to go and it has to evolve. I think watching a few things of Gary Vee and those kind of things as well and it's like, yeah, what if we realised Uber was going to be Uber? What if we realised that Airbnb was going to be Airbnb? What if we could get in on something so early and be a part of the growth of it rather than waiting and finally jumping in when it's mass adopted and mainstream? So I think that kind of striked a chord with us you're all early and the space is growing and it's new and this is the future. And it was like, yeah, it just resonated with us. Like we were just receiving that information thinking this could be something. And so we were throwing around some concepts and we'd spoken to a couple of other friends who were into crypto and those into NFTs, just had a couple of coffee dates and they were like, well, this is where you should start. And if you want to do NFT collection, here's some places to find some NFT artists. Here's some places to build your network basically. We had a couple of concepts. We had a completely different name. Everything was pretty different. Then the floods hit in the Northern Rivers. Luke had been at work and I think I must have just been sitting on Canva one day and I was like, how could I manage to quickly pull together some form of a collection? Goosebumps, by the way. (laughs) And get it out to people. So we're still here. We've still got this brand. We've still Mm. got this other collection that's growing. We've got this vision and mission and everything that we were doing. We started to get into Twitter. Everybody's talking about provide value. This is about community. This is about helping each other and growing together. And so everything that was going on down south and watching really a grassroots effort for the rescues and recovery, there was definitely a delayed response with the government. We're 20 minutes away from where these floods were like insane. Mm -hmm. And so we were seeing these things and we're like, this is crazy. There are literally people like climbing avalanches to save people there's people up on their roofs with their pets and we really saw the magnitude of what was happening it was very heartbreaking and we just felt like we needed to help and so I was like can I just find a way to quickly whip up a a collection and quickly whip up a 10,000 drop collection yeah easy as and just like go to these community in Webster and be like guys we're all here to help each other we're all here for community but there's a whole heap of Aussies right here that need help they need it fast Mm. And with blockchain technology, with crypto being decentralized, we can do this. Yeah. That weekend we went down, we volunteered, loaded up our car and we drove down with like an eight-week-old baby. <laughs> I don't even think, yeah, she must have been like eight weeks old. We had our toddler with my mum. We just went down for the day. At that point, the water hadn't really gone down as much. So there was a lot of places that we couldn't get to. So we ended up in Ballina. We went to the evacuation center there. Both of us have just never seen anything like it. It was this massive, big sports hall with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of beds and literally families just sitting on these beds. And it was just like, you guys have lost everything. You're sitting here on these beds. You have nothing. There's all these donations rolling in. But even though some of these things are clothes on your back and those kind of things we can replace, but 
You've lost sentimental things. You've lost memories. There's so much that was in that room. It really took us back. We were driving home and I think it was Luke and he was just like, you know what? Let's just go all in. Let's completely use our current collection, everything that we've been working on. We had other utility that I'd spent months writing up. We had a full website. We'd literally spent months creating that. And we thought, it's just not even important to us right now. Why do that when this is so obvious in our faces? I guess it maybe it's that just that bit of destiny. We were so called to it that it was like, this is what we need to do. And we did. And from yeah. that day, we kept the same name but we and the same artist. We had our collection. We had to obviously rebuild our website and those kind of things. But, yeah, I guess it was sort of within the space of that week and then that one decision on the drive home that it was like, this is what we're doing. As time has gone on and we've managed to connect with lots of mentors and incredible people that have been like, I love what you guys are doing. Like, how can I help? We've done a complete rebrand. Here we are now as the Arcadians. We really just started to immerse ourselves in the fact that it was like, okay, well, why is there such an issue with big, large charitable organizations? Why is there no transparency? Why can I not see where my $100 goes? Does even $100 go there? As time went on, we realized that it's actually a really big hurdle that these big charitable organizations face is that it takes years for them to distribute those funds. And in times of crisis, people just don't have years. People need help and they need it now. And through connecting with people in Twitter spaces, it was like, well, this isn't actually an Australian issue. This is a global issue. Mm -hmm. When natural disasters and crisis happen around the world, they're all experiencing the same thing. There's a massive delay when it comes to support. There's obviously millions of dollars that gets donated, but no one really knows where it goes. It takes a long time to get there. Now we've obviously just devolved to this point that our first mission and our heart feels so strong in helping the flood affected people because that's where this was all born and still six months, well, seven months on now from the floods and it's still pretty dire down there. People are still homeless. The displaced population, there's grant money that's not getting through to the people there's insurance claims being declined and there's just not a lot of hope down there. So that's definitely where we're called to, but we love Web3, we love NFTs, we love crypto, and so we want longevity in this space. So we are definitely moving into how we can be a part of the solution to develop further crypto donations. So, yeah, that's it. That's so cool. Pretty big um, wrap-up. It's, it's <laughs> epic. It's epic. I've got so many questions. How much work does it take to launch and create an epic NFT collection. Because <laughs> we see, oh, yeah, cute artwork, might flip that, want that one. Yeah. What really happens? For us, the team behind our project is the two people that are staring at you in this computer <laughs> screen right now. I think not staring at me. Don't you mean yeah. smiling widely? <laughs> so other than our artist who we hired. And still with us. She's and still, she's with, still us. with us. So it's literally just a band of three. So we do wow. come from a different aspect of other project founders who have big teams behind them who have lots of money to spend on getting these teams and like devs and web developers and all these other people. So for us, we having a young family and wanting to start this as a grassroots project, we really just wanted to see what we could do from working in this Web3 space and we both wanted to upskill ourselves. We really wanted to 
learn something new. We really wanted to do something different that just challenged us massively. I think you've done that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Times 10. Yeah, yeah. Times 10. So, 10x that one. Yeah. So we decided to take the bull by the horns and really get into it. So Katie did the dev work, like she did the contract. OMG. She'll run you through all of that. Well, we actually sat down at the dinner table and by Katie mentioned Did the contract we, we together. Did, yeah. We did have a... a, a so romantic. <laughs> yeah. It's been a crazy year. You've yeah. been a lot in, that's yeah. for sure. Um, I just heard the words sexy, smart contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you heard it here yeah. first. Keep talking yeah. to me, yeah. Code. That <laughs> <laughs> code is so sexy. Did you just say JavaScript? Oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So we had this other project that we'd come up with. That was like months of us tinkering around with it and playing with it and trying to come up with a design. And then I didn't know where to find an artist. So people that we spoke to said go on Fiverr. So I had a look on Fiverr and I then heard about probably that's not the best place to go. And then another friend of ours said, look, jump on Freelancer. There's like some really cool people on there that mm-hmm. provide Upwork and then you can sort of work with them and then they will help you through that. So then we found our artist through Freelancer. It was like a lot of backwards and forwards trying to like figure out the artwork that we wanted, the traits, the design, just the everything. So that was probably like the longest part. On that, your artwork is absolutely gorgeous. They're so cute. They're so cute. Mm -hmm. Number one, where did the inspiration for the artwork come from? And then number two would kind of be obviously different traits make them more rare and Mm. more unique. Can you guys explain that for anyone who doesn't understand that? This goes back to the original concept of what we had on the idea that we wanted to come through with and the original name. So the original name that we did have was Metaverse Babies. Oh, they are Metaverse Babies. (laughs) So Katie, she loves birth to the nth degree. As much as writing a smart contract? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She will, like, if this didn't happen, if we were in NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think if this didn't happen, like Katie would be like a birth educator. That's how yeah. far she is right into this sort of stuff. So we then we're like, well, how can we complement the both of them with inside Web3 and being a birth mm. educator? So this is where the idea came about of Metaverse Babies. So then we created this whole concept around birth, the birth revolution. Katie had just come home from watching a birth documentary that it's quite intriguing. So we come up with this idea. So let's just create this idea. Let's call it Metaverse Babies. And I don't have no idea what a Metaverse was at the time. So I'm just like, let's just call it Metaverse Babies because that's what everyone's doing in Web3. <laughs> yeah. When you look at our artwork, it's kind of got a toddlerish, a toddler kind of babyish look with a big head and it's kind of like a little body. So that's where the actual design came from. We created this whole concept around designing a smaller statue figure based around babies along the way and along our time inside web3 and speaking to people inside twitter and this is where the concept had changed because the floods hit and we're like okay as katie mentioned we're going to drop this project and we're going to recreate this project that we have called metaverse babies and it's going to be complete donation based so this is where we got into this space now when we were in twitter one of the spaces that we had we connected with well-known Australian figure who like holds all the mega spaces and she's got like a great project herself. Her name is Jally and then her project's called Snuggle Buddies. We jumped on a phone call with us and she said, look guys, I really, really love your guys' project. Everything that you're doing sounds amazing. I can hear a butt in your voice. Yeah, is there a butt coming? Is there a butt? Yeah. So um, <laughs> she's like, everything that you're doing is great. I love the concept. I love how you're going to donate. But have you guys thought about a rebrand? And that's all she said to us. 
And then Katie and I were just like, I didn't know you could do that. So then she goes, I'll just leave that with you. If you want to leave it as Metaverse Babies, that's entirely up to you. It's your project. It's your thing. You can do whatever you want with it. But if you ever think about a rebrand, just let me know. And then we had a great phone call, hung up the phone call, and then I was like, you know, you're right. The name Metaverse Babies is super cool, but when we look at the artwork and when we look at the law that we had written for the actual project, it just wasn't congruent. And a lot of people were, I guess, trying to look at us as like... So what are you guys going to do in the Metaverse? I'm like, yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you call yourself Metaverse Babies? And you guys said, so we're like, oh, I don't know. That was the original concept. So then the name Arcadians, again, I was at work one day and I work in food manufacturing, still do to this day. And one of the products that we get in that comes through the company, it's a product that comes in and then it goes within seconds because it's quite popular. But the product stuck at the company and I just kept seeing it. Again, like the, mm. the red Toyota theory, right? I just kept seeing this name pop up everywhere and the name was Arcadia. So I'm like, why am I seeing this name? So then I Googled it. What's Arcadia? Where is it? And what does it mean? And then I'm like, oh, it's a small town in Greek mythology. And I didn't even know that that's what it was. And then I'm looking at our characters and I'm like, well, we created this whole collection based around Greek mythological like, characters. Before that, yeah. Shivers again, guys. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I had written the law. We had come up with the six Greek gods, Greek gods that are our rare that's in the collection. Then this name came about and I'm like, oh, wow, it's a Greek mythological place. Well, what does it actually mean? So Arcadia in Greek mythology was a place that was well known for having these really big, lush forests and fauna and these really amazing looking mountains. Mm. I looked at it as a place of hope because this is where we want our country, everybody's country to be just flourishing and greenery and forestry and just love everywhere. So that was like, this is the name. This is what yeah. we're going oh to rebrand our name. So I rang up it's Katie so and I'm like, cute. I've got our name. And she's like, what is it? And I said, you're going to have to wait till I get home to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how the name came about. That is so cool. There's symbolism on so many levels. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when you drop a collection of 10,000, do you have any favourites? Well, we've obviously not seen the full collection. We've seen bits and pieces and we obviously dropped some sneak peeks and stuff in the lead up to the collection dropping. Still to this day, like, you're Arcadian. I didn't see that until now. So it was just... Oh, my God, he's so cute. He's a magical one. He's amazing. And we were talking the other day and I said, it's like, I think one of my all-time favourite traits is the flame arm. I just see the flame arms and I'm just like, you're just a little fire baby and I love you. We try to, like, <laughs> focus more on that there are little awakened nurturers, there are little warriors that are here to mm. bring hope and to bring yeah. lots of joy and peace. That's so cool because they are warriors now they that you are. say yeah. that. They've all got that, they like, do. fighting spirit. That's yeah. gorgeous. Wait, so you don't see the whole collection? You can. It's up to you as a founder, yeah. I guess. For us, we had a few issues in trying to download the file. Our artist uploaded them into Google Drive and because we've got a 10,000 collection, so she had to do three batches to upload that amount of data. So when I was downloading on my end, I would get the first batch from one to 4,000, but then I downloaded it and opened it up and I only had from 1,400 to something, so I hadn't yeah. even seen the first 1,400 NFTs. So there was a little bit glitchy. We actually got her to run the collection twice because the first time she did it, we weren't happy with it. And we just said, these are the things that need to change. And this trait is here or even more than that. And we were like, we, we don't want all of them to have all these traits or yeah. some of them that have got a cape. There was a cape and wings. And we were like, no, it's only one or the other. And so there's all these little things that you try and navigate through when that collection comes out. First time we loaded it, because we were learning too, I guess, and they were just so busy. There were so many traits all on top of each mm. other all at once, and we were just like, oh, like these guys are 
you can't, too it was too much. Yeah. And so we just went back to her and we're like, here's a new spreadsheet. Here's an estimated percentage of where we kind of want them to sit, whether it's 2%, 10%. We wanted most of the backgrounds to be just a plain gradient color. And then all of the themed backgrounds that pop up, like the mountains and the forest and those kind of things to be mm-hmm. not so mm-hmm. common. And so we definitely learned that lesson from the first collection because we were kind of just hoping that she would do it. <laughs> so we were yeah, like, yeah, okay. like we'll just follow your lead. And then we got the collection and we were like, oh, no, this is not what we wanted. So for anyone listening that doesn't know what a trait is, the traits are the elements that distinguish the rarity of pieces within a collection. Yeah. And so for ours, because we've got little mini human warriors (laughs) within the cartoon (laughs) aspect, so their hair is a certain trait, their eyes is a trait, their mouth is a trait their clothing, the clothing add-ons that they've got, if they've got capes, if they've got wings, if they've got chest plates, shoulder plates, if they've got handheld items, Mm. some of them Mm. are holding an apple, some are holding a Rubik's Cube, some are holding a sword. It's super vast. And then you've got left hand, right hand, what shoes they're wearing. Are they barefoot? They've got sandals. So each um, category has traits that sit within it. So they sort of get randomly generated. And so every single NFT is completely unique in the 10,000 collection. There's not one NFT that is the same, obviously, because then it wouldn't be an NFT. (laughs) Do you love the collection as much as your children? (laughs) (laughs) No. I know. Where do the metaverse babies stack compared to the real babies? (laughs) No, no. The girls definitely trump that. Okay, (laughs) But back to your original question of what it takes to create a collection, our biggest thing was time. Because of having the girls, really the time that we could work on the collection was late at night. So our girls would go to bed between 7, 7.30, sometimes 8, sometimes (laughs) 8.30, whatever that time was. And we weren't really in Twitter spaces then, so we were just working on the collection. Building the website, building the the contracts, building Discord. Talking sexy (laughs) JavaScript. We would be sitting downstairs on the couch between say 7.30 to midnight and we would be that deep in the project, I'd look up at the time and it's midnight Mm. and then I've got to go to work tomorrow and it's like, holy hell, this is... And the baby's still up every two hours. This is bigger than what we could have (laughs) even imagined. So for us, it took a lot of time because we decided to take everything on and that included doing the contract. I had no idea what a Discord was. I've got two older boys. I had to ask my son, what's a Discord? And he's like, oh, it's where me and my buddies talk about games. And I'm like, yeah, but it's for NFTs. And he's like... Well, I don't know what an NFT is, but we talk about games. Wow. There was this communication between me and my son. Do you know how to build a Discord? And he's like, no, nah, I just talk to my friends. And I'm like, well, I don't know. So then I took on the role of figuring out what a Discord was. Which is not easy because that's a whole oh, language a and whole, a, it's a whole minefield of its own. Like, like Katie mentioned, like we come from the fitness background. So our two main social media platforms are Facebook and Instagram. That's all we knew. We didn't know Twitter. We didn't know Discord. We didn't know anything to do with Web3 cryptocurrency even and anything else to do with Web3. So our biggest hurdles became our greatest ambition to yeah. try and achieve. And For us, it was like if we're going to go and put 20 grand into an NFT project, why don't we just go put 20 grand down to the community? Mm. If that's what it came down to is it's like we're going to pay these people to do it all for us. Well, really, at the end of the day, we're here because we want to help the people down there. I don't want to do that at an expense of outlaying all this cash when we could actually just try and learn this ourselves and then still go and put that cash into those communities yeah. and build this at the same time and kind of had the best of both worlds. But that was obviously, yeah, not really understanding the 
enormity Mm, (laughs) of what was really ahead of us and that things take time, things look great one day and you go into the next day and you're like, why has it done that? (laughs) Especially the coding side of things too. I was, this just isn't working. And so I would jump into discords with other developers and those kind of things and I was like, can someone help me? (laughs) Like I'm like super new. And they're like, take a screenshot, send it through, and some of them looks good. I don't know why it's not working. And I was like, well, I don't know. Send me your scene phrase and then I'll tell you why. If you (laughs) says it looks good, how am I meant to figure it out? And then someone would write back to me days later because then I would just be stumped. I can't move forward until I get this bit figured out. We really just needed to be so, so resourceful. But it feels so good. The satisfaction of looking back at what we've accomplished is just, what? (laughs) We did this. Talking about looking back, if you were to go back to yourselves a year ago, what advice would you give yourself then? And within that is a beautiful lesson for anyone else who wants Mm. to launch an NFT collection. For us as founders, even if you don't have a concept and you just know that you want to create something but you don't really know what that is yet, just start building your community. Just start networking. Start building connections. Because for us, we got all our ducks lined up in a row and then we were like okay we have our collection we have our website we have our discord now let's go to twitter and be like hi we're caitlin and luke we are here to do this within like a couple of weeks it was like we could have been doing this for months yeah by the time that everything was launched we could have had hundreds of people who knew about us loved us supported us and then also as you meet people too jelly or other people and they're like hey have you guys thought of this When everything's already kind of done, you can pivot and change, but it just is a little bit trickier to make that happen. When you're still really in that development phase, it can transform and morph into any different thing, still moving towards that same goal. For us, it's just getting started. The other thing that people really appreciate in this space is that everyone is still very new to NFTs in particular. Even some people that have been in the space for a long time is still in like two years or so. It's still a very new, fresh space. So every single person has a pre-existing skill set. You can bring value to this space with something that you already have. You're going to learn a lot by learning how to get into this. But if you have a skill set in public speaking and you've got someone... <laughs> you <laughs> me. <laughs> and if you've got people that are, they love being in Twitter spaces and they want to run their own space every single week and be a host and they want to be able to be a great conversationalist and keep those things going you can bring that to the space and that's something you already have something you're already good at and if you can provide value to other people without even expecting anything in return but at some point when people know you love you trust you Mm. and support you and at some point when you're like wow I've got my concept I'm starting to get some traction here you've got this beautiful network of people who you've already provided so much value to that are going to be more than happy to jump on a call with you or connect you with other people that they're like oh yeah like I know someone and that's just priceless I think for us well for me anyway I just think we could have started that networking and that connection building so much sooner than what we did and not that we regret that because we definitely have this beautiful relationship with we are where we are and we couldn't be anywhere else because we're not. And so we love that and we live in this and we're happy with that. But if I was to give any form of experience or advice to somebody, I'd be like, just start. Mm. Yeah. And just start talking to people being like, hey, like mm. this is my interest. This is how I got here. This is what I love about the space. And conversations will just dawn on you and you'll be like, huh, maybe that's what I can do. And you can start mm. to pull at some threads and you'll end up being where you're meant to be. I'll second that, but I'll also finish that by, I guess, the quote. And that quote is, you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start and you'll be great. 
if I was to say that to myself a year ago when I was sitting on the couch watching Blacklist, which, by the way, it's a great show, <laughs> just start, like, learn, be open-minded. Again, like Katie mentioned at the start, we've missed a few things that have come our way. We really wanted to jump on board with some of these things that have come past us. And when cryptocurrency was introduced to us at the very, very start, before we found out about NFTs, in my head, it was no it's a scam. Honestly, I honestly thought it was a scam. I didn't have an open mind into what cryptocurrency mm. was. But I started pulling the thread and started learning more and started sort of educating mm. myself. And yeah, I guess, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Everyone has something that they can offer you in value. So mm. we certainly have asked a lot of questions and we've been putting ourselves out there. And I guess that's the last one too. Like put yourself out there, be who you want to be and be the change. I love that. Oh, yeah. God, I'm so inspired, guys. Yeah. <laughs> love it. So I have two segments that we'll get to. One is myth busting and one is staying safe from scams. But before we get to that, I'd love to just ask you, in terms of the money that has been made through the Arcadians and the on-the-ground impact that it's had, what does that look like? Yeah. And what level of joy does that bring you? Oh, I don't even know how to put that into words, to be honest. So when we got to writing our roadmap, that was that development piece of well, how do we actually do this some really close friends of ours have influences on instagram they've got pre-existing communities of tens of thousands of people who trust them we didn't have that massive following or that pre-existing community we have our immediate network of friends and family and people that we've worked with and stuff but we didn't have that network of people so we just felt like we need that credibility we need to show people that we are delivering on what we said we were going to do that we're walking the talk and so we were like well let's just start donations at one percent as soon as we've minted a hundred donation start and so we did basically like a three-phase launch we did our whitelist which ran for 24 hours we did our pre-sale which is a little bit cheaper than what our public sale was going to be and that ran for 24 hours and it was like public sales live so within like three days it was like bam 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 and so we obviously got our donations up and running straight away with the market and those kind of things the mints obviously sort of stalled and we really had to keep that work happening and a lot of founders that you'll talk to will all sort of say to you that the work really starts post-mint. You put so mm. much into it in the beginning and the lead up to it, even though you feel like you've done absolutely everything, it's that next bit really happens once everything's up and yeah. going. You cannot take your foot on the pedal. You need to go from 100 to 200 in order to keep the project progressing. And because the whitelist and the pre-sale prices were a little bit cheaper than what our public sale is, our first round of donations was $3,500 Australian. And then now moving forward at every 200 minted, $6,000 will get donated at every 200 minted. And then we also put $2,000 aside out of that as well that goes into our global crisis wallet. And so mm. upon the collection being sold out, it'll be $300,000 donated for flood recovery and there'll be $100,000 in a global crisis wallet that will be for immediate support anywhere around the world in disaster or crisis. In terms of what our flood recovery donations look like, we spent months <laughs> reaching out to a lot of people down in the Northern Rivers and, again, everything just aligned. And there's four people that we've been able to get in contact with that have done greatness in the recovery efforts down there. They've run fundraisers that have done over $700,000 and then just continuous things that have been like 20 grand, 40 grand just to keep the community hubs up and running and those kind of things. So we reached out to them and we were like, you've obviously had some big people donate a lot of money. How have they done that? Because um, there's the whole tax piece too. And for us, it was like, mm. we are here in this decentralized world. The last thing we want to go and do is put 33% of the money that's come through to tax. 
the whole point is to get the money to the people peer-to-peer as quickly as we can. And we were like, well, how do we donate this as a taxable donation, basically? Again, through those connections, we got connected to the president of the Rotary Club. And because we've just built that relationship with them and they are really ingrained in the community and now these are the things that are going on at the moment. These are some great initiatives that you could help support. And so they gave us sort of their, because for us, it's like we want to keep it for this first initial phase. We wanted to keep it really grassroots. You tell us who needs help and and we will band together and make it happen. And so then we put those initiatives out to our community over a 24-hour window. Everybody voted. And so, yeah, we pretty much did like a 70-30 split between two separate initiatives, one helping a couple that had lost their first home that they bought and spent all their savings renovating the home and then the floods hit, a young couple, and they've been homeless ever since because their home's been deemed unlivable. So they've just been on friends and family's couches for like six months. That money was able to at least get some works happening on their property so that they can at least live in it while they keep trying to build the recovery and then there was a non-government based school as well because obviously the kids the poor kids we were so focused on everyone's lost their homes and everyone's lost their businesses but yeah a childhood is not meant to be so doom and gloom they don't really need to take on that responsibility of these big crazy things going on in the world they still need to have fun and love and enjoyment some of that money went to that school and it went to an extracurricular surf program so it was just able to inject some love and happiness to the kids and it kind of wasn't really even up to us we've made the connection this is two initiatives because again it was only a small amount of money so I was like well what can we do with this amount of money and they said well these are two things that would be a great start And yeah, so then we put it out to the community and they could have either voted that it all went to the couple, that it all went to the school. But then the way that the votes went out, it was, yeah, worked out to be like a 70-30 split. Very democratic. And then... (laughs) Very in theme. And then as time goes on, and we've actually got some things that we really want to work on because there's everything going on with the floods down in Victoria at the moment as well. And so, yes, we're really helping the Northern Rivers, but at the end of the day, the mission is flood recovery. I've just got off the phone to my friend who's got family down there and her brother's got a farm and... She was just telling me the stories mm. of what her brother had to go through over the weekend and some families down there and what they've had to go through. And so it's just like, oh, we just need to do more. And how do we get our community in to do more? For us, it's like, well, let's stop looking at the little mints and let's really get some big community involvement happening and really help on a larger scale. So that's kind of how the donation's working so far. A lot of this has evolved over time as yeah. well. Initially, we did a space with MJ from Digin and Friends. Just before we minted, he put us on the spotlight and wanted to interview us. The initial concept of how we actually wanted to do the donations was literally a full grassroots and go and get a trailer and load up our car and drive down to these areas and drop off resources and food and all this sort of stuff and also donate money as well. And then we'd come across a few hurdles and a few people that say, like, look, that's a great idea, but... You also need to respect people's privacy. Yeah. And there These are, communities are There hurting. are people mm. here currently doing what you want to do already. So let's look at these initiatives that you guys can help with. Let's sort of mm. like see how you guys can work in collaboration with what we've got running at the moment because what you want to do, we're already doing. So it's like, okay, cool. So let's just evolve into this and let's just see where this leads us. Yeah, yeah so that's how our donations are currently running at the moment. But it'll change too. Mm. It'll be like the global crisis when we're needing to do a donation to somewhere not in Australia that's not 20 minutes down the road or not down in Victoria. Again, it'll be different. Mm. And Luke has said it so many times. We've never said that we are the solution to changing the way that we donate. 
but we are absolutely part of a solution. We want to work with people to really change the way that this space works because donations really need an overhaul. Not just changing the donation space, but also changing the NFT space because NFTs for Mm. good is not so common. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a lot of projects out there that have in their roadmap at this point will donate 10,000, 50,000 to this charity or to whatever. But it's something that Luke and I, we talk about quite often, actually. There's always going to be people around the world that need help. But I feel we want to help our own people first. And if our country and if our people are so strong as a collective, we can change the world. But if our own country and if our own backyard isn't running properly, then how can we help around the world. And then it's also this onboarding aspect to it. Let's show people what Web3 communities are really about. Everyone talks about community. Everyone talks about providing value and helping each other. And it's like, yeah, let's do that. Let's really help. Let's really do in real life things. Like let's really show the power of community. I love that because what you guys are doing is probably the easiest thing to explain what's an NFT what's the value of it, what change can be created from it is actually easier to explain with your project mm. than others. Yeah. yeah. So It is easier to explain, but I think you touched on something pretty important too. Within the NFT space and with the NFT for good projects, being open and honest, like we don't offer a lot of utility for the community. Yeah. What other projects they might have, merch, which we might have merch coming along soon. A little bit of yeah, alpha. But th- there's a, the feel-good aspect <laughs> yeah. of going, I know that yeah. I have this archie is, you know, you, yeah. if you flip, you're not supposed to get emotionally invested. Yeah. As soon as the archie was revealed, I'm like, I love him yeah. and I'm yeah. never yeah. giving yeah. him away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's the utility is, hey, I've just become part of something that is greater yeah. than me and is yeah. incredible. Yeah. I look at flipping as, that's cool because you're just getting our project out there even more to other people. <laughs> oh, okay, like, so oh. you've just given me permission to flip. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not him. <laughs> Him. I'll buy him off you first. You can go mint another one <laughs> and then go flip that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we don't offer the, the big utilities that big projects are offering and stuff like that. And that is a big hurdle for us. And that's something that we do. Uh, well, I don't think it's a big on. hurdle. I think it's more us getting our heads around it because everyone that we keep talking to is like, your utility mm. is donations. Mm. Mm. So it's us getting our headspace right. But we want to love on our community. We want to give back to our community. We want to thank you for supporting us and loving us and doing all the things. Yeah. I'm not saying that we do have utilities for our community within the project as yeah. well. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's go to our uh, two mm-hmm. segments. Myth busting. So what is one of the biggest myths around NFTs and how can you totally bust it right now as not being true? For me, I would say the biggest myth that's going around is people say NFTs are dead. It was just a phase. It was just a thing and you're wrong. (laughs) It's just not the case when you're looking at these massive big brands that are starting to see the ways that they can utilize either A, the technology or B, the community base. So, yeah, you've got like big organizations, you've got artists that are really starting to see, oh, like I can interact with my community, with my fans in a way that I've never interacted with Mm -hmm. them before. I can give back to my fans. I can give back to my communities. Same with big brands and big businesses. They can give back to their supporters and the people that believe in them and love them. The space is not slowing down. Every Mm -hmm. single day there is these new things that are popping up. Visa and MasterCard are, are starting to working with allowing people to use crypto for payments and for me I'm just like how could it possibly be dead when more than ever we're definitely so far off mass adoption and mainstream 
And I think that will come from these big brands now that are like... Utilising NFTs. Yeah, 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 they're utilising NFTs. Like I still think some of the bigger brands are still keeping it very exclusive when they start creating utility to the general population, to everyday people, that's when it'll really start to take off. But I just think people make those statements. And again, they're just not educated. They've probably heard one or two stories of someone talk about something. We all have good and bad experiences. You might have gone to a coffee shop and had the best coffee ever. And I went there the next day and had terrible service. My coffee was You're so hard to please. You're so hard to please. (laughs) I think that's the thing. Once people really start doing their own research and not just taking their next door neighbor's word for something. Mm. And there's amazing people out there. Josh from NFT for Noobs, he's constantly putting out information of like, this is what is happening now, today, tomorrow. Public service announcement. incredible? Yeah. In Shout, out Josh. Yeah. Shout out, Josh. Shout out, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I love as well. Like I've referred so many people like, just go and follow his page. And just mm. as he starts posting reels and videos and information and you can watch his stories and you'll just see, like it's so evident that this pace is still buzzing. And the exciting thing is everyone that's still here in this market, we're the OGs. Like we're the ones that are here for the long haul. Like the people that were in for a quick money grab, they've been gone for ages. NFTs to me aren't a scam. It's an inlet to a community that will provide you education, that will be a change for the future. And if you're involved now, then you will just be able to see the change as we start evolving along the way. Mm. I've heard this before. NFTs might not be called NFTs in 10 years' time, but some way or rather, the technology that we're using now is going to be used in 10 years' time. And if you were here now you will understand the technology that they're going to be using yeah. in 10 years' yeah. time and be like, oh, this is what we were known back then. So I guess that's my biggest myth buster is like NFTs aren't a scam. It's just being able to understand and educate yourself and being involved in the communities that are offering and providing all that education and solutions for people out there as well. Sometimes in NFTs, everyone talks about the board apes or your big blue chip projects. But then there was like these free mints that were like, whatever. There's so much in between. There's projects that are providing so much value and they're not the bored apes out there, but you can still mint one of their NFTs and still have access to amazing benefits, privileges, information, resources, mentors. And that's available like now. You can go and mint these projects and have access to these communities and this value now. Not all NFTs are a $400,000 bored ape. Yeah, love that. Stay safe from scams. What is the best piece of advice you can share to help people stay safe in the world of NFTs? If we're talking about NFTs, no one can just hack your wallet. You as the user actually have to click on the wrong thing to get scammed or to get hacked. Before I love how you're talking yeah. as though I don't understand. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for whoever is listening, it is up to you. Um, and I think that's important. Like we have to own that. We can't just sit here and be like, oh, all the scammers got me. It's like, well, we have to take responsibility. And that to me is decentralization that you have to own your methods of security. And so before you click on anything, pause, double check. I think we're so used to being so click savvy. We mm. just buy things and click on things on our phones and our computers so quickly now. We just don't even think. We can't do that in this space at the moment. <laughs> and just DMs, big projects and people who are educators or mentors or whatever in the space, like they don't DM you. Mm. They don't DM you and being like, how's your trades going? 
I got one of those on TikTok. I was like, oh my God, this person's interested in me. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk to you. If anything goes into your DMs, if it's your Discord, your Twitter, your Instagram DMs, it's probably a scam. If you're wanting to mint a project or if a project is doing giveaways or anything, it will only ever be at this point in time in 2022, be in their Discord. Click on links through Discord. And most projects too will all have the founders in there. If you see something come up, you could jump in our Discord or you could message us on Twitter or Instagram and you could be like, hey guys, did you just send me this? And because the founders, everyone is so involved in their communities in their project, we would reply to you and be like, absolutely not. Yeah. And so I think that's probably just, for me, that would be the two things. Pause. This is a space that you're still and we are still learning and navigating. So don't just think that everything's a safe link because it might not be. And if it's got to do with an NFT project, go to the Discord because <laughs> all the official links, all the official giveaways and information is all in the Discord, as well as the founders for you to reach out to them and say, hey, is this legit? <laughs> mm. Yeah. I second that, like go on the Discord and stuff. There, there are still people that are minting projects and community members will see that their project's minted through somewhere else and then they'll click on it. If you're in a project and you've gotten to know the community inside the project, don't go outside of there and start clicking on the link. Like yeah. That really is the biggest thing. Just stay where you are. Stay. FOMO. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not going to miss out. If you happen to be whitelisted for the project, then don't freak out. You'll get what you wanted to get. You don't even know what you're going to get. So just stay in the project. Stop going out and clicking on links. I learned this because I went out and I was clicking on links. Like, I can tell on, you're talking to your former self. Yeah, yeah. but knock on wood, I never got scammed in an NFT. I got scammed uh, through a cryptocurrency. <laughs> but I've not been scammed in an NFT because of what I was seeing and what I was learning through the communities that I was involved in that were offering the education around don't click on links, close your DMs, make sure that the links that you are going to be using are through our official links that we're here. I'm talking to the founders inside these communities. When you're in the Discord, like ask who the founder is. Is this this person? Like are they going to talk to you? All the projects that we're in, we're talking to the founders personally. And I think that's a great connection to have as well because you know that they're going to be there and turn your DMs off. Don't click on dodgy links. Mm. And And I think too, like just don't be too proud because we're trying to do so much with like talking to the everyday person about what NFTs are and how you can get involved. It's almost so foreign that people don't want to sound stupid. They don't Mm. want to ask a stupid question. Mm. You can't ask a stupid question because every single one of us all had somebody hold our hand and walk us through our first mint setting up our MetaMask, doing whatever it was. So I think out of all of that, it's ask questions, jump into discords, close your DMs. As the space evolves, the security is only going to get better. Yeah. Amazing. With wonderful little babies. Never babies. (laughs) So back to what you were saying, I think as I thank you for your amazing time, your utility is love. Mm -hmm. That's the utility. When you buy an Arky, it's like, yes, you know, your heart starts glowing. So Mm. just... That's a priceless utility. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think touching back on what you asked the question before, what does it feel like for us to donate the money to the people? We were shaking because we were that full of gratitude that we were able to bring this project Mm -hmm. to life and to light and to have people like yourself and the however many holders of an Arcadian that have donated their money Technically, they've donated their money to our project so we could forward this on to the people down in the Northern Rivers. So 
when we hit send on that first round of donations, we were like sweating and shaky and it was like, oh, well, like we're actually doing this. The gift for us in this project will always be in the giving, no matter what. It'll always be in the giving to whoever we give to. And I think that's a, a beautiful takeaway for us for creating this project. And we've had people say like, we don't care about hodling these projects and stuff like this like you guys are actually Mm. really creating something Mm. special within the nft space it's not really being done and like you guys should hold your head high for doing what you guys are doing i am into that and totally could not agree more you're like so inspiring and you're pioneering and you're showing other people what can be done which is true leadership so thank you so much for your time it's been absolutely amazing thank you you for the arkies i'm going to go and mint about another 10 now and just see (laughs) well you you've technically given me permission to flip which means Uh that i'm going to get emotionally attached to half of them and half of them i'm going to go you're just for the purposes of sharing the love yeah Yeah. Yeah. sharing the love that's right (laughs) thank you guys so much this has been amazing and super super inspiring oh thank you for having us thank you so much What absolute legends. That was such a fun and inspiring discussion. Are they amazing or what? I love how Caitlin and Luke are pioneering in the NFT for good space and showing us all what's possible when we use the power of Web3 and NFTs for causes that are greater than ourselves. It's beyond inspiring. To connect with the Arcadians and learn more about their project, their mission, their roadmap and their focus, you can find all of their social links and their website in the show notes below. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a rating and a review. As a brand new podcast, it would mean the absolute metaverse to me. That would be wonderful. To see video content and other fun snippets from our interview, please come and say hi to me across my social media accounts, all of which are listed below in the show notes. And thank you again so much for your time. I'll see you next episode.